Hello, welcome to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast, where it is all about helping amazing physicians just like you create a wealthy life free from burnout and with the financial security to practice medicine on your own terms. I'm your host, Dr. Elisa Zhang. Hello, and thanks for listening to Grow Your Wealthy Mindset Podcast. There are a lot of people who have a rival fallacy when it comes to feeling secure about money. If you aren't familiar with the concept of a rival fallacy, consider listening to the episode two of the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset podcast. A rival fallacy around money typically comes from thoughts like, when I have X amount of money, I'll have enough. Or if I make X amount of money, I wouldn't have any money problems. The truth is money insecurity does not go away because you have more money. It's not money that makes you feel secure or insecure. It's really your thoughts about money thoughts about the money you have or don't have, the thoughts about what money can do for you, the thoughts about what money does for other people. I assure you that if you are a full-time physician, there is someone out there that thinks if they had your income, they would feel secure about money. It's likely that whatever number you have in your head as the amount of money that will make you feel secure, once you reach it, you'll still have doubts and you may still have the feeling of insecurity. For example, you may think that once you have a portfolio of $5 million in stocks and bonds, you'll be secure. At a conservative 3% withdrawal rate, that would give you an income of $150,000 a year. But then maybe you actually get to that $5 million landmark, and there's talks of impending recession or even depression. And then you start thinking, what if my portfolio drops by 50%? That would only give me $75,000 a year to live on. And then the money insecurity could return. Maybe you're starting to think like, oh, $75,000 is not enough. $150,000 would be great, but $75,000 doesn't quite cover all my really basic living expenses. And these are just example numbers. You can plug in any numbers and still have the same thoughts about those numbers. I invite you to take a moment to examine your current thoughts about security and your money. First of all, do you feel secure around money? Is that a yes or no? Is money something that you never really worry about? that there's always enough? If so, that's wonderful. Or do you worry about having enough money all the time? Do you feel like you may not have enough? That's where money insecurity can come in. I can tell you that my thoughts that make me feel secure around money are things like, I have a really large emergency fund. I know that if anything comes up that I can cover it. I've got income from investments and we have good positive cash flow in my household. My husband's teaching job is relatively secure as terms of jobs go. I actually think that my job as a physician is less secure than his job as a teacher. He, after all, has a union. So I have thoughts that the union helped make his job secure. I also have the thought that I can always earn money. I have skills that I can use to earn money. Last year, when I left a job that wasn't a good fit, I wasn't actually planning on leaving at the time that I left, so I didn't have another job lined up. However, I didn't have to worry about the immediate loss of income. I knew I could go a while without having that physician income and we would be fine. In the end, I got my last paycheck in March and then I actually did sign a new contract for a new position in May. I didn't start that new position until October. So it was, so it really was about half a year where I wasn't receiving any physician income. Now, if you don't feel secure around money, what are those thoughts that are leading to insecurity? What worries do you have about money? Are you worried about paying off your student loans? Are you worried about paying for your kid's college? 
Are you worried about being able to retire someday? How do you think your life would change if you had more money? Other than, other than maybe you could actually just spend more. How do you think having more money would make you feel? Do you think it would make you feel secure? Do you think having more money would make you happy? Do you think having more money would bring you more problems? I invite you to do this exercise with me. Think of the worst case scenario that could happen to you and money. Maybe you are the breadwinner for your family and you lose your job. Unfortunately, as physicians, when we do lose our jobs, it can take a while to find a new position. And once we find that new position, it can take a while to get the credentialing and new state license if we're moving and then actually move. So there can be a a lot involved between getting a new job and replacing your physician income should you lose that physician income. Like I said, I signed a contract in May and I didn't see my first income check until October. So again, think about you lose your physician job, or if you're married, your spouse loses their job, or even both of you lose both of your jobs. What would you do? What I encourage you to do is problem solve it now when you still have your job or your spouse still has their job. So you're not doing it when you're in the panic of the actual situation. How long could you live off your current emergency fund? Would it be enough for a month, two months, three months, six months, a year? How much could you cut back on your living expenses to extend that time period? So maybe you could only live with your current lifestyle for two or three months, but if you really cut back, you could live for another six months or even a year. Have you ever actually spent the time to figure out what is the minimum amount that you need for your very basic living expenses? What you really need to live on. And by that, I mean what you need for food, shelter, electric, gas, water, transportation, the things that you really need day to day. Even though clothes may be a necessity, you could go without buying clothes for probably at least a year, even if you have young children. I know that young children can grow out of clothing quickly, but you could probably make do. And certainly for yourself as an adult, I know that I could probably not buy clothes for a very long time and still have lots of choices of what to wear. If you start really just looking at cutting back on dining out, cutting back on entertainment, cutting back on travel, if you're not working, maybe you no longer need a nanny or daycare or cleaning services. When you really look at what your bare minimum to live on, what would that be? And then start to think about where could you get money to live off of once your current funds are depleted? Do you have assets that you can sell or assets that you could borrow against? Maybe you have equity in your home and you could get a home equity line of credit in order to have more money to actually pull from. You may want to even consider applying for a home equity line of credit or a HELOC now while you still have your job if it makes sense to do so. There are some banks that have very low fees and expenses for having HELOC. You may actually have no expenses for opening HELOC and if you don't actually borrow any money on that credit line, it may cost you nothing. I don't know that there are really banks that generous anymore. But I do know that I previously had a HELOC where it didn't actually cost anything to apply for the HELOC. And the only expense with the HELOC was the interest expense of any money borrowed. So if no money was borrowed, there was really no expense to having the account. Now, the caveat, I believe you had to have a savings account at the same bank, but they had free savings accounts as well. Do you have other credit that you can use? That could be in the form of credit cards or personal loans. Now, granted, I generally don't want you using credit cards with high interest rates, 
But if you're really in a bind, and this is talking about whether or not to have food on the table, that's when you do use credit cards, even when you can't pay off the balance. You can also consider applying for new cards with 0% interest. Even without a current job, a lot of times it's actually still not that hard for a physician where we have previous paychecks that we can still apply for credit cards. Do you have friends or family you could borrow money from? And if you're really thinking worst case scenario, do you have friends and family that you can move in with for some amount of time? Is it possible that you actually go back and live with mom and dad for a little bit? Or live with a sibling, a brother or sister, or even just different friends? What I want you to do is just brainstorm and brainstorm and think of all the resources and know that you are resourceful. You figured out how to get this far. You can figure out any problem that gets presented to you. If you embrace the identity of being a problem solver instead of the identity of being a victim, you'll get on your feet much sooner should something really happen. There's a saying, pain is inevitable, suffering is optional. If something does really happen that is a financial crisis or a financial setback, yes, there may be pain from that, but you don't have to necessarily suffer from that. Sometimes money insecurity comes from thoughts like, I'm not good with money. I'd like to offer you to change that thought to, I'm not good with money yet, or I can learn to be good with money. And truly, anyone can learn to be good with money. It's not an innate ability that can't be developed. If you're a physician, you know how to learn and you know how to work hard. And you can learn things that you have no interest in learning. We all had to memorize the Krebs cycle at some point. Learning about finances is much easier than learning the practice of medicine. Start educating yourself about money which you're likely already doing since you're listening to this podcast. Keep tuning in to the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset podcast. Read books. I have a list of suggested books on my website, www.growyourwealthymindset.com. Now the books are Amazon links. So if you do have an ad blocker, the page might be blank. So you need to turn your ad blocker off because Amazon links comes up as an ad. Take one chapter at a time, one page at a time. There's no rush, but just start. Incremental steps will get you much further than doing nothing. Even if you're only reading one page a week, by the end of the year, you can have read several chapters of a book. And chances are you'll find some things that pique your interest enough that you can hold on to it and learn it. And as you are learning, start to take actions from what you do learn. Make financial goals. Start tracking your cash flow and start investing if you're not already doing so. The other thing I really want to encourage is to celebrate your wins, no matter how small. Celebrate opening a high-yield savings account or celebrate increasing the contributions to your retirement account. I think in general, we don't celebrate our wins enough. We focus on the things that we don't know, that we haven't done, or how behind we are, and we compare ourselves to others who are doing better than we are. We don't generally compare ourselves to people who maybe aren't doing as well as we are. We don't think about all the good things that we have done, all the things that we have accomplished. But we do want to possibly enforce the things that we've done so that we encourage ourselves to keep going forward. Celebrating wins reinforces good habits and motivates you to keep going forward. Also, give yourself grace. Be kind with yourself. Be patient with yourself. It takes time to change beliefs that we've had for a long time, but it can be done. A belief is really just a thought that we've thought over and over and over again. 
And really, we can control our thoughts. We can step back and look our thoughts, be the observer of our thoughts, and really think about which thoughts serve us, which thoughts we want to think, and start thinking new thoughts, and keep thinking those new thoughts until they become new beliefs. Of course, coaching is the action of looking at your thoughts, examining your thoughts, and really coming up with new thoughts that you want to be thinking. Coaching is something you can do yourself called self-coaching. But if you do want assistance, having a coach to actually show you your thoughts and show you the results that you're getting from your current thoughts, and then helping you establish new thoughts is something that I help clients with. So if you want to work on thoughts of money and security, if you find yourself worrying about money a lot, then that is definitely something we can work on together. If that's of any interest to you, please set up a consultation call with me at my website, www.growyourwealthymindset.com. That consultation call is totally free. And that consultation call itself might give you a lot of insight. There's no pressure to working together. I'm really here to help you grow your wealthy mindset. I hope this episode was helpful to you. And if it was, I'd love to hear from you. You can always reach out to me by emailing growyourwealthymindset at gmail.com. And please share this episode with anyone that has insecurities or worries about money. Thanks so much for being a listener of the Grow Your Wealthy Mindset podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would love it if you could share it with your friends and colleagues. And now for the disclaimer. I am not a certified financial planner, accountant, or attorney, and nothing I say should be construed as professional investment, tax, or legal advice. This show is primarily for your education and entertainment. I am a physician, but I'm probably not your physician. So if you need any medical advice, please contact your own physician. Thank you.